pregnant pause oh. it's kind of like when you get out of bed and you have to get your your head together you mean when you get out of bed and you sit there on the edge of your bed and you go <laughs> why am i up what day is it where it's why, wednesday why does this hurt <laughs> exactly yeah. that's how we're starting to show it today okay. a few aches and pains hmm. no winner yet in our uh tuesday night trivia our tnt the question the vast majority of women the ladies have said <laughs> They're not interested in dating a man with this physical characteristic. Hmm. What is it? Lots of interesting answers. <laughs> there are some great guesses. And as you can imagine, there, there, yeah. there are various things that most women would not want in a partner. And... A hairy back, for example. Yeah. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Unkempt clothing. Yeah. A mustache. Well, see, that makes up for the hairy back. Missing teeth. <laughs> Well, I like that guy. He doesn't have any teeth. Got them all. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Smoker, unkempt hair. Mm. Not just your hair hair. Right. But like ear hair, nose hair. Right. I mean, these are hair. all, they're great yeah. guesses, but they're all kind of obvious. Brandon said a small you-know-what. Yeah. yeah. Uh, size what, doesn't matter. Wh- what do you mean, Brandon? I. What are you referring to? Do <laughs> a you... tallywhacker. <laughs> that's what he was referring to. A face tattoo. Yeah, that's nice. Baldness, good. rotting teeth. Uh, so either no teeth or rotting teeth. Yeah, yeah. rotting teeth might be worse I would, than I would no say teeth. if your teeth are rotting, I would get you know they're probably time to go uh, and maybe maybe put down the meth pipe. Alana says a third nipple, so Chandler would be out. Wasn't Chandler the one on Friends that so, had a yeah. third nipple? Right. Uh, being very tall or too short, hmm. uh, bad breath or bad no- a big nose, <laughs> a hairy tongue, a hairy tongue, a hairy tongue. How do you have a hairy tongue? I'm not sure, and I don't want to know. It sounds like a porn star name, by the hairy way. Hairy tongue. Hey, it's hairy tongue here. <laughs> Is this your pizza, ma'am? A man bun. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, some women... That's a generational thing, thing though. It, it That's is. a generational thing. It is. Uh, we've decided not to go with man buns. Because, I, honestly, like, my, my daughter, who's going to be 21, man buns don't bother her. She's like, oh, yeah, whatever. You put it up. We look at him. I think our generation is like, well, what's wrong? We look at it like the librarian. What the hell? Has but, that but in a guy, it just, no. have, and it's just, I don't know, it seems odd. But sideburns. We're, but we're old. Yeah, sideburns. Yeah. yeah, you know, when you think of sideburns, more like, uh, well, Elvis. Well, that's more mutton chopping. And uh, Jerry, really uh, Jerry Reed. And <laughs> yeah, that's more <laughs> from mut- smoking that's the more mutton, mutton chop. chops. Yeah, yeah. Well, sideburns in general. Yeah. Um, well, wait a minute. I have, I have sideburns. So do you? Just little ones, yeah. though. Not not ones that come down okay. here. It's like, all right, right, I don't want to grow the full beard. I got semi sideburns, a beer belly. <laughs> I got a semi <laughs> sideburn, sideburn, semi burn. <laughs> so we will uh, 
We'll give you a chance to answer more of those and uh, get to news first. Brought to you by Cooper and Binkley Jewelers in downtown Brighton. All right, here's what's going on. It's a story you'll only see at MikeAndJohnPodcast.com. A local school official pushing back against misinformation being disseminated on social media concerning a substitute teacher. According to a letter sent last Friday to parents in the district, Heartland Consolidated School Superintendent Chuck Hughes said a social media post had erroneously accused the district of allowing pedophiles to work with children at Round Elementary School. The post in question came from Brooke Chapel, identified as a member of the Livingston County Chapter of Moms for Liberty, a right-wing group that's been active in opposing COVID health measures in schools and pushing unfounded conspiracy theories. In the TikTok video, which is labeled PSA, Pedophile Alert, Chapel alleges, without proof, that a substitute teacher used a desk to lay students down and give them an ultrasound of their heart in which they were asked to roll up their shirts. Chapel then says when the school asked the man to leave, he refused and then ended up taking a nap in the classroom. According to Hughes, the incident in question occurred on May 18th when the district had a substitute teacher who shared that he was a retired surgeon and was willing to allow the children to hear and see their heartbeat. The teacher, with the approval of the school's principal, used a stethoscope and a portable ultrasound device to allow the students to hear their heartbeats and see a heartbeat with a portable device. According to Hughes, the principal directed that only male students could volunteer as the substitute was male. Hughes said Chapel's accusation that the teacher refused to leave and took a nap was patently false. When asked about the accusations by Chapel, Hughes told Gigo News it was unfortunate that people would find it okay to use social media to disseminate information that's not factual and usually taken out of context. The leader of the base, a national white supremacist group that advocates for violence against the government, was sentenced Monday on charges that arose from an investigation after a Dexter family was terrorized. 25-year-old Justin Watkins of Bad Axe was sentenced to 32 months, four years in prison for conspiring to trained for a civil disorder and a mandatory consecutive two years for felony firearms. Charges were initially filed in October of 2020 against Watkins and Alfred Gorman in connection with a December 2019 incident in which authorities say a Dexter family was terrorized at their home after the men used intimidation tactics and posted messages to other members of the base targeting that home. After those charges were filed, investigators found evidence that Watkins and two other members of the base entered two former and vacant Michigan Department of Correction sites in Cairo to assist them as potential future training grounds for hate camps, what the groups named their paramilitary firearms training exercises. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel said the sentencing is recognition of the serious nature of the crimes and uh, demonstrates the willingness of the justice system to hold accountable those who commit crimes in the name of overthrowing the government or perpetrating racist ideologies. And a longtime local nonprofit leader has announced she is stepping down. Julie Amon, the Director of Development and Marketing with the Livingston County Catholic Charities, said after 20 21 years in various capacities at the organization, she'll be retiring June 1st. In making the announcement, Amon said that through the 21 years, she has watched Catholic Charities grow to meet the county's needs from having four programs to now having 12. She also announced that she'll be succeeded by Ryan Scomio as the new Director of Development and Marketing. And that's what's going on. I'm um all right, what picture did you uh, show? Uh, oh, yeah. was it the TikTok mom? The TikTok mom yeah, who yeah. looks like she's. Hey, well, it that. looks she like looks she's kind of crazy. Well, she, she it looks to me like she's using one of those filters. Well, it's some one. type of filter, yeah. but it's it's still a real picture. And it looks like she chugged down a gallon of wine <laughs> before she started her TikTok video. It's like, I didn't okay. watch the video. I was just looking at the picture. Moms for wine liberty. Yeah. <laughs> liberty wine. I don't know. It's just. 
insane. A little crazy. It's nuts. Kind of a crazy tour, but you know, whatever. People are people. (laughs) Isn't that unfortunate? Our people. People are people. People And what would you do? Thanks to Cooper and Binkley Jewelers bringing you this edition of Gigo News. Cooper & Binkley Jewelers, Brighton's preeminent jewelry store and commitment to customer service, community involvement, honesty, professionalism, and exquisite merchandise. The Binkleys pride themselves on offering something special for everybody and recognize that customer satisfaction is the sole purpose of their business, offering a unique mix of exceptional quality jewelry, value, and all in a warm and engaging environment. Stop by today. You can check out uh, Zagani Works, Simon G, and of course they do custom designs too. Zagani! We've even inspected the back room where those custom designs and cleanings and repairs are happening. Right. Until they called security and they ushered us out, but it's very similar to the podcast pad that we are in right now. (laughs) I mean, those eyepieces, the jewelry, it's just... It's a little bit better than this. All right, yeah, it is. But they know what they're doing. Yes, that's Stop true. Stop by and see the uh, Binkley today. Cooper and Binkley Jewelers in downtown Brighton and online at cooperandbinkleyjewelers.com. Right. All right, so we're, we're going to continue with uh, National Teacher Month in uh, just a few minutes. In our trivia today, Okay. This uh, the answer kind of surprised me a little bit. All right. The answer was weighs less than she does. So, so more most women say want a guy that weighs more than she does, right? And I can understand that. I mean, it's 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 kind of this. By the way, most of the time has never been an issue for me. No, hasn't been. It's not been a problem. <laughs> been a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, but a lot of great guesses, a lot of fun guesses. We appreciate everybody that participated in our TNT Tuesday night trivia, and tonight it'll be WNT. Yes, it will. For Wednesday Night Trivia. We have smart people behind the scenes here working on these things. And so, well. As far as naming the trivia and things like that. Sure, okay. Real smart people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Team. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) our trivia team. We call them TT. Well, and I still say, you know, Thursday Night Trivia, you still call that TNT. Do you want me to call it THNT? Funty. 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 Uh, What what do you want me to call it? No, I guess it's TNT. It's TNT. And so we get two T's a week. THNT. No, you're right, TNT. It's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, it's too too many many initials. All right, so as you've been pointing out, all this month we've been talking with teachers uh, as part of our community spotlight, of course, brought to you by Jordan Genso with the Genso team at Remax Platinum. As a community-focused real estate agent, he's once again spending the month of May doing what he has dubbed Main Street May. He's using his Facebook page to highlight a different business on Main Street in Brighton. Last night he walked into Sushi Zen in Brighton, and the place was so busy, so busy. He was like, I, you know, he couldn't wait. What? So, But he did get the gift card. And all you have to do is go to his Facebook page, Jordan Jenso, Community Servant, Community Realtor. You can interact there, and you have a chance to win that $10 gift card to Sushi Zen. All right. So, for today. We have a surprise guest. Jeff. We do. Special guest. We've been talking to how teachers all this month to highlight, uh, of course, uh, Teacher Appreciation Month. Today, we're not talking to a how teacher. You've reached Chandra Mara. Sorry. All right. Well, we're going to talk to Chandra. But well, let's, let's try it again. You keep talking. Let's try it again. I'll dial it All again. right. You do. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I've got to. 
use my special? <laughs> do you want to? Yeah, maybe I got to use my you special. Want, you know what? You, right, you, you try again. You try again, and then I'll go out there and try. <laughs> of course, uh, all of this uh, courtesy of the Hall Education Association, Building Futures Together. They've been celebrating excellence and teaching and uh, really trying to highlight the, the great achievements of Hall teachers all this month. They're being spotlighted uh, as being nominated by their HEA colleagues as examples of teaching excellence. The Hall Education Association serves its membership through collaboration and advocacy at the district, county, and state level with the goal of supporting teachers in their professional efforts in local schools and classrooms. The Howell Education Association, it's local teachers working together for student success. And uh, today we're not talking to a Howell teacher. I've got, the, a, I've got it ringing, yeah, John. But the, we're on. Okay, we got it. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Hi. Is this Chandra? This is Chandra. Or Chandra, Chandra. sorry. What school yeah. did you go to? Right, okay. Why don't, you, why don't you introduce her then? Chandra, how you doing? It's Mike and John from Mike and John Got It Going On. Say your last name. I will. Hey, thank you. All right. It's Shonda Madafari, right? Chandra Madafari. That's exactly what I was going to say. Don't you know our guest? <laughs> Why don't you know our guest? It says surprise okay. guest here, John. Now, come on. <laughs> okay. So, surprise guest, surprise okay. pronunciation. Yeah. yeah. So, Chandra, you are the vice president for the Michigan Education Association. And, yes, uh, correct. Yeah, thank you for joining us yeah. today. Um, you know, obviously, before we get into we want to talk about teaching and the excellence here in Howell, uh, I think we have to acknowledge the tragedy yesterday in Texas. Uh, in, in Texas, uh, just a heartbreaking story, and one that uh, you know it's, it's happening way too often. Uh, uh, once uh, is too uh, often, but uh, yeah, I mean uh, it's it's got to be tough for teachers in general now when you hear more and more of this stuff going on. Yeah, especially as a parent too. You yeah. know, nineteen students they're saying and right. teachers. And, uh, you know, you do those practices of those drills and you get your students to safety. You pray that it never happens and that it does. It's just unbelievable. You know, and that's one of the things I, I you know, we've, we've talked with numerous teachers over the, the past few weeks here uh, as we celebrate uh, National Teacher Month. But I think the only thing we really had to worry about when we were in, in school, especially uh, elementary, it was the tornado drills. That was pretty much it. You know, it's like, all right, what are we going to do in a tornado? And then they would have the fire drill, and that was pretty much it. But well, those were those were acts of God, right? And what we're dealing with now are acts of people, and so often with these incidents, and and of course we're going to hear more information come out about this tragedy, uh, and we've heard from others, but so often mental health is somehow at the core of all of this. Um, how could it not be? This is not the action of a, a, a of a person in their right mind, and. Um, I guess uh, when it comes to student mental health, uh, that that has to be something that you know, at the teacher level, this is something that has become increasingly important uh, for teachers to be involved in. Yes, that is correct. I think the hard part is that a lot of our students don't have any health care at all, and so. Before I continue, I'm just going to say I'm really sorry about my voice. <clears throat> I'm fighting COVID. Okay. Oh, well, we're sorry to hear that. First time that I've had yeah. it. Um, so I just wanted to kind of put that out. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Not just froggy. Yeah, that's okay. Well, we understand, Chandra. Um, uh, but yeah, as you said, so many so many students don't even have any any health care, uh, okay, so much less go to a counselor. If, right. If we you know talk to our principal and say the student is showing some concerns, some signs. Finding help for them is very difficult. Some of our students have um, assistance through a youth assistance program, but a lot of our students don't have access to anything. Right. Yeah. 
or even figuring out where to go if they could have access to it. I mean, it is one of those things where you know, it, you know there's not exactly a guide for in the front office. You know, having people done stories through the years about schools and budgets, and oftentimes it seems that those counseling positions maybe have been the first to go sometimes, uh, or, or you know, or what they they don't necessarily even there. What they do is they double them up, or you know, there used to be set counselors as sort of as a matter of course and now it seems like that's become at least from my perspective it seems like in the past it's that seems like one of those positions that can be or has been eliminated and yet it probably needs to be expanded you know i appreciate you bringing that up the national counseling association says there should be 250 students to one counselor right the average counselor in michigan in high school has between four and six hundred students wow so they're not counseling anybody. What they're really doing is helping fill out, you know, uh, schedules and right. writing letters of recommendation. And um, most of our social workers are only seeing special students with special needs, right? right. Like IEPs, special right. students. Right. Um, and social workers would be really great for those students as well who have mental concerns and distress, even. But we don't have the staff. You know, it's funny you bring that up because as we, as you were just saying that, I was thinking back to when I was in high school. I actually remember my guidance counselor, Miss Caratero, and uh, somebody I, I actually remember having conversations with her and discussions, and she knew who I was, and and I sense that that's not so much the case now for students. I mean, they try, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the hard part. And in some schools, you know, we don't even have them because there's just a shortage, and right. so. We know that when there's good, solid relationships, small class size, students feel like they belong and they are connected to adults. When students are not connected to adults or they're not connected to their school community, we know that these kinds of things are more likely to happen. Yeah. Well, it's a tragedy that, you know, defies explanation yeah. in a certain sense, but uh, we certainly did want to acknowledge that. Um, yeah, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's shift gears a little bit and, and talk about the future of teaching with, uh, you know, we've, we've seen from time to time there's always, uh, for, for folks going to college, it's like every now and then you'll hear these uh, stories that, you know, teachers are in demand. So then you see this flow of people going into the teaching profession. How, how is that looking now, and how do you see that going uh, as, as we move forward? Well, teachers are definitely in demand. <clears throat> I think that's going to be the next the same thing for the next 10 years. Yeah. Uh, but when I think <laughs> about technology in the future, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that teaching is the job of the future. So many other professions um, will be affected by robots and electronics and automation, especially with all the convergence of technologies. People over COVID the last two years have really grown to appreciate the teacher in the classroom, their neighborhood and community school. Right. We need to teach a new generation of you know students and people to be able to build those robots, fix those robots, and to be thinkers for the next generation. So, yes, I'm biased. But I do believe that education truly is the job of the future. Well, we t spoke yesterday with uh, Howell High School math teacher Jeff Clapper, and we were talking about educational curriculum and how the approach to things like math has changed. But really, you know, education, uh, the, the curriculum approaches change uh, with new information and research. And to be able to adequately and accurately, you know, convey that information to students, you need to have quality invested teachers. Um, and as you said, there, there's this great need for teachers, but 
we often see teachers uh, vilified. Uh, we see teachers, uh, you know, uh, oftentimes are blamed uh, in, in many cases. Uh, and yet, as we learned during COVID, that face-to-face instruction is so invaluable. And in the Howe Public School District, the the ability of, for them to maintain that face-to-face instruction last year and this year, it was so critical. Yeah, we need to give a special shout-out to those Howe teachers and the entire staff, um, support staff, bus drivers, counselors, social workers, right. all of them, you know, they came in, they showed up, and they did heavy lifting, you know, especially in the beginning of COVID when it was definitely scary time out there. Um, <clears throat> we didn't know what we were dealing with, and, um, you know, they pushed right through. So I, when I think about teachers across the state, how definitely stands out to me because they were one of the first groups that really just had to push on up and through and so, I mean, a lot of other places had to do it, but how is in a unique spot? Because there's districts that were right near them, <clears throat> and maybe even where some of the teachers lived that were in full remote. Right. So they were really close to this sp- space where they were in person every day, all day. Other places right nearby were remote only. So I'm sure in the beginning that had to be a little bit scary. Well, and there was a lot of, uh, well, was, there is, uh, you know, a lot of conflict over things like COVID and uh, safety measures and uh, issues like that. But again, putting that to the side for a second, I, I think everyone can agree that when we can put students and teachers together in a classroom face-to-face. That is always the best environment for uh, for teaching. And when we can, where we can, that's the goal. But it, it really highlights uh, the importance of teachers. And that's what gets lost, at least from my perspective. I think that's what gets lost in a lot of these, like the COVID wars. You know, should we wear masks? Should we not wear masks? Uh, all of that that went back and forth. And yet, underneath it all, to me, it was this great, desire to make sure that students were in the classrooms with their teachers. And so it, it sort of, uh, pardon the pun, got masked by those uh, debates. But it really, to me, highlighted really the importance, the critical importance that teachers play and that we need to give more credence to. Yeah, I want to address a couple of things you said. So the first thing is, is that COVID definitely um, shined a light on some underlying problems that we had. Some districts have very large class size. You know, um, our teachers bargain contracts for our students and for them. And when we talk about bargaining, it's not about how many papers somebody takes home to grade. They're bargaining the class size so they can provide the best services to the students, right? So if I have a class of 26 or 27, that's going to allow me to provide different individual needs than to a class of 35 to 40. Right. Right. So schools that had large class sizes, 35 to 40, you know, they struggled a lot more because those kids were already jammed in there to begin with. So that's the first thing, the inequity. But, hey, you have smaller class sizes, you need more teachers, that costs more money. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that a lot of schools didn't have the technology and the infrastructure to be able to help remove, like, go to this more of a virtual setting. And so this really pushed a lot on parents and schools, you know, in that first couple of years. And, um, you know, when I think about Teacher Appreciation Week, a lot of people just did step up. I mean, there were teachers that basically moved light years through technology and having to upload and recreate and reinvent right. all their stuff. And so, but back to the one piece with the math teacher and the STEM, you know, so much of what 
people can Google now or just ask Siri or their phone. That's all factual stuff. I mean, I have two middle schoolers, and they can put their phone over a problem in algebra, and it can right. give them, like, a step-by-step answer. I mean, I was like, where was that when I was a kid? <laughs> I know. But, I know, right? The guy but next to you. To I remember it. teach our students to be problem solvers. Right, right. And well, just, you know, quick answers. And so we need the best and the brightest people out there well, willing to take this on for the future. Well, it really highlights, I mean, I think you've hit upon something, I think. It really highlights the need for critical thinking skills. So you're right. Technology gives us these great shortcuts and these abilities to solve these immediate things. But what it doesn't do, what it can't do, what only a teacher can provide is those critical thinking skills. So it's not can you, do you have the answer to this specific algebra problem, if we're going to use the math right. analogy. how did you get there? It's how did you get that answer? Right. How did you figure that out? And here's, here's some different methods and strategies to figure that out. Because it's not just having the correct answer. It's... Correct figuring out how to solve it. And that's where those critical thinking skills come in. Well, it's also looking at a student if they don't, this is always my favorite one. You can tell a teacher, if somebody doesn't understand something, they try to explain it in a different way. Right. If somebody's not a teacher, they just say it again louder. <laughs> and so I always laugh at that because, you know, right. saying it again to somebody louder, is it going to make them understand it if they didn't get it the first time? That's good right. parenting. Yeah. <laughs> I've always found this, well, if you don't know a language and you're overseas, just speak louder in English. That really always helps. <laughs> Where's the bathroom? <laughs> uh, no, but that's a great point. That's a great point. It's it, it, having the ability to adapt and be, be flexible. That's what we need from teachers. And that's what we've seen. I mean, adaptability and flexibility, those have been sort of the key words during COVID for teachers to step up. As you said, even to be flexible and adapt to the new, you know, technological challenges, uh, but as well just to deal with the changing nature of education in school, you have to be flexible and you have to be able to adapt to that. And we've seen that from teachers, uh, especially in Yeah, health. this month has been a lot of fun talking with uh, with teachers, and, and we appreciate you joining us despite being under the weather, and uh, and we, we hope you get well soon and this doesn't uh, last too long for you, Chandra. I appreciate it. It's been a good run. This is the first time I've had it. So I've been traveling around the state visiting schools, so I think I was probably just a matter of time. Right. Unfortunately, that that is true. But uh, we appreciate you uh, taking the time and and, uh, talking to us. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you to you, and thank you to all the amazing house staff, all of you. I just appreciate you so much, and thank you for your hard work for our students. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us. Get well soon. Have a great day. You too. All right, bye. All right, our uh, salute to teachers for right. National Teacher Appreciation right. Month. It started as a week, but we just made a month of it. All right. So and what, what, what was her name again? It was Chandra. And her last name? Mataferi. That was pretty good, wasn't it? That way, I, I got to go back. And <laughs> Let's just face it. We'll call her Miss M. We both screwed that yeah, up. We did. Okay. Well, you know, when you set these things up, you got to clarify it for me when I'm I'm announcing the teacher. <laughs> well, I just or the educator. You making so. fun of me? You make fun of you? Would I make fun of you? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, you would. And I would make fun of you. I would not make yeah. fun of you because that's what friends stuff. do. Make fun of each other. Yeah, we do. <laughs> All right. Once again, our community spotlight brought to you by Jordan Jensen. You know, let's make fun of Jordan instead. Don't make fun of Jordan. <laughs> you know, he wasn't able to get his sushi last night. Wonder how, oh, what school poor Jordan. Jordan didn't get his sushi. <laughs> oh, sushi for you. Talk about first world problems. <laughs>
<laughs> Jordan Jensen with the Jensen team at Remax Platinum. Actually, it's a good thing, though. Sushi Zen's so busy, he wasn't able to get his meal. That's a great thing to see those businesses thriving, and he's highlighting them Maybe all through the month of May. Maybe should a different time to go. Well, yeah. I think I'm just he, saying. He kind of learned the list. You don't go, yeah, you don't go during the dinner rush, you know. <laughs> so find out more uh, on his Facebook page, Jordan Jensen, Community Servant, Community Realtor. All right. Yes. All right. You know it's going to be 90 on, on uh, the holiday? On what? Saturday, or Sunday and Monday, I believe. 90 Sunday. degrees. Okay. So. We're going up to Traverse City this weekend. Oh, well, then I'll come over and use your pool, yeah. too. <laughs> I'll make sure it gets used. So, I'm sure it will anyway. We want to make sure we uh, we thank uh, Roman's Pools for being our newest sponsor here on Mike and John. Got it going on. Uh, we are both customers of Roman's Pools, and uh, I've been using Roman's for probably, I want to say, eight years yeah. For uh, maintenance, repair, opening and closing, because I'm too lazy to try and figure out how to do it myself. You, you know, know why? Because I want it done right. Well, that's what I was going to say. There are the, the, the DIYs, the do-it-yourselfers. Yeah. And, yeah, you, you can open your own pool, and you can close your own pool. Yes, you can do these things. Like for You instance, can do it. You can change the oil on your car. But yes, you can. Do you really want to? <laughs> No. If you can have somebody else do it and, and do it right. Are you worried that you're going to screw something up, especially with cars these days? Yes. What's the car doing in our yeah. pool commercial, John? <laughs> so, well, you know what? You don't want your car in your pool. No, you don't. And if it does end up in your pool, you take it to Murphy's Auto. You certainly do. It's a cross-promotion. Yeah, right <laughs> have you so. driven your car into your pool lately? <laughs> Romans can clean it for you. And, and Dennis at Murphy's Family Auto, Dennis and Glenn and the crew, yeah, they yeah. can take care of you if there's right. any auto problems. I mean, you're gonna have to get the you pool. Have, you're gonna have to get the car out of the pool. They're not gonna do that for you. you. Have some but if you get it out of the pool and then you take it over to Murphy's Auto, they're gonna be able to handle it. And you can say, "Hey, Mike and John sent me, and they said get my car out of my pool. I save five percent off my bill." And they'll say, "What? Yeah. What the heck is your car <laughs> the, doing in your pool? What the hell you think you are, Pete Townsend? It's Murphy'sFamilyAuto.com. Now, if yes. you do find your car in your pool," <laughs> You're probably, on somebody else. you're probably going to have to clean your pool after that. You're going to have yeah. oil and other things, and you're, you're going to have to clean that. You're, you're probably gonna gonna want to talk to. You're going to want to talk to the folks at Roman's Pools. <laughs> They're going to be able, if you walk in and you give them the water sample, and they go, "Why is your oil level? Yeah, um, oil is a little high. Your oil, your I think oil there's some transmission. Uh, here's the thing: you really shouldn't have any oil in your pool. I don't know if you knew that or not, yes. but uh, they have an oil remover, I'm sure. <laughs> but yes, it, seriously, uh, to maintain your pool throughout the summer. Roman's pool is really the place to go. Uh, they, you know, you get those water tests. Make sure your pool is balanced. There's nothing you hate more than you know. You want to have people come over, like you said. It's gonna be 90 degrees this weekend. Yeah. People are gonna be hopping in the pool. Pool looks good. You can't yeah. go in it. What you hate is you get up that morning. You know you're gonna have people over, and you look in the pool, and it's like murky. And you're like, ah, oh, crap. You know, and then people get over and you got to explain, well, it's murky because, um, you know, it's supposed to be murky. Because Mike drove yeah. his car into my yeah. pool. <laughs> Call Romans today and howl 545-4555 in Brighton, 810-588-4460. And I didn't drive my car in the Bob, pool. I, I, I don't want to be, you know, tell you how to run your pool, but why is there a car in your pool? I, I thought it was an amphibious car. I don't think an that's... An amphibious car. I don't believe that's like how you should James run that. Bond. <laughs> So, all right. all right, we're in. We, we have a uh, special guest to uh, check yeah, in. Yeah, this is a real fascinating story. We're going to be talking to Michelle Spiz. She is a Fowlerville teacher, another teacher. Uh, she's also the VFW Teacher of the Year twice for the state of Michigan, and she's a candidate for Livingston County Board of Commissioners. But we're talking to her about a very interesting thing she found out about her great uncle. Um, who uh, was lost during World War II, and we're gonna have uh, we're gonna ask her and tell us the story. It's uh, it's fascinating. Do you have a great uncle? Oh, I do. I, I have an okay uncle. Actually, hi Michelle. It's, hi, Mike, it's Mike and John. John. 
We're talking on, we're talking yeah. uncles today, Michelle, we're, we're and talking, you apparently have a great uncle and we don't. Actually, we're talking great uncles, and Mike just asked me as we were dialing you if I had a great uncle. And now that I say that, because we're going to be talking about your great uncle, um, my great uncle actually served in Patton's Third Army. He was a doctor in Patton's Third Army uh, fighting in ah. Europe. So it made me think, you know, your great uncle also fought in Europe during World War II and unfortunately gave his life in service uh, of, of yeah, fighting fascism. Yeah. So tell us about this story. When did you find out about your great uncle? Uh, I found out about my great uncle about a month and a half ago wow. when someone reached out to me on Facebook. And they had a lot of family information asking if I was related uh, to the family members they were mentioning. So, yeah, why don't you take us back? Uh, tell us this story about your great uncle uh, and, and, and how he, you know, came to, to make the sacrifice. Uh, so my, my grandfather's brother uh, really wanted to have some skin in the game uh, back in World War II. And America was not fighting at that time. Uh, so he actually hopped the border to Canada and risked, you know, FBI uh, capture during all of that. Uh, and he went to Canada and he signed up with the Air Force. And on November 25th of 1942, uh, five Avro Lancaster aircraft left Langer Airfield in Nottinghamshire to fly a nighttime bombing mission over Germany. Uh, three of those aircraft safely returned. Two of them did not, including one that my great uncle was on, um, which was reported as lost without a trace. So the eight men uh, that were serving on that aircraft were never found. But of course, as a family member, we never forget uh, those that gave all. Yeah. So uh, we are working together. There's a member of each family, a relative of each family, uh, that is working together to make sure that we can get these uh, heroes remembered. Uh, we're working to make sure that uh, the crash site is identified, that it's marked as a war grave, and that the brave men uh, re receive heroes' honor. Yeah, we should, and we should set the scene again, as you said, when your great uncle, and uh, uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Gouchard. Gouchard. So uh, James Lewis Gouchard? Gouchard. Yeah, yeah, Gouchard. Okay, silent, silent D. Silent D. Uh, so James Lewis Gouchard, when he went and crossed the border into Canada, I mean, January of 1941. Uh, Most people, when you think crossing the border, they're trying to get out of going to war. Or, well, or, or be, getting drafted, I mean, that kind of thing. He, he was to join. I right. Mean, that's that you know, he, says a lot in and of itself. Exactly. He, he said, you know, he saw what was coming. He saw the growing tide of fascism, and he saw that this is something that yes. he had to be involved in. And so that takes an extra special level of dedication. Uh, to go do that, um, and and so Absolutely. gosh, that's amazing in and of itself. Um, so yes, they, um, you know, my great uncle chose to get into the war. He wanted, you know, was willing to die for our country at a time that we really didn't have, you know, skin in the game at that time. And they were actually recruiting. I learned uh, that the Canadian Air Force was actually putting up flyers and things trying to recruit young men. Uh, so yeah, he went. And basically, you know, was rebellious, and instead of running away, ran toward the fight. Right, right. Uh, and two uh, two Americans were on that uh, flight. It was, oh, I'm sorry, three Americans. It was three Englishmen, two Canadians, and three Americans. And the, the bomber that he was on was that was a Royal Canadian Air Force bomber. 
Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. they, Maybe an Air Force in yeah. Avril Lancaster. Right. Do they have a, an idea of where it went down or a vicinity? Have they located that yes. yet? or is it? Uh, the, yes. The amazing part is another one of the uh, members of the group uh, feels as if uh, they have located it exactly from flight records. Uh, one of them was a pilot in the military not too long ago, and the other brother uh, actually flew commercial airlines. So they had access to some of the airline records and things, and we actually have a spot pinpointed. Um, and you did some histor- they did some historical records research and, and, and found details from the, pi- the German pilot that apparently yes. took credit for shooting down the bomber. Yes, they're pretty confident. They've, they've also identified that person that was the uh, Ernest Heeson is his name. He reported taking them down. Um, and basically, you know, the correlation of the claims and the missing crew we found out in 2013. Wow. And you just found out over the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. yeah. In, in the North Sea is where they, yes, yeah, in the North Sea. And so, and you only just found out about this less than two months ago. Less than two months ago. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Uh, my grandfather, who was my uncle Lewis, uncle James brother. Okay. Uh, my grandfather, when he was, uh, close to passing away, talked about flying uh, aircraft in World War II. And my father and I kind of shook our heads like there's no way. He did serve, but he didn't fly airplanes. And so now, looking back, putting the whole story together, mm. we pieced together that he was talking about his brother. Now, your your great-uncle, he is recognized at the Trenton War Memorial, correct? Yes, sir. They recognized him in the Trenton War Memorial. Uh, and I just recently, actually last Saturday, visited there, and we'll be going down again this Saturday for the Memorial Day Parade uh, with another one of the family members of the crew, and we will both be representing our families in the Memorial Day wow. Parade yeah. in Trenton. So that is awesome. Yeah. in Trenton. They are also recognized in England. Yeah. There right. is a memorial in England uh, with all of the members. And from what I understand, later this year, hopefully there's going to be an expedition put together or an effort to try and pinpoint the exact crash site? Yes, sir. We are hoping to, I mean, we have an extensive amount of research, and we're hoping to get some of the POW or MIA type of things because that's the controversial part. Yeah. Um, since the missing hmm. Americans um, are not really listed, although they were U.S. citizens, since they were not U.S. service members, Project Recover is less likely to help us. Um, but we're looking for, you know, any kind of help we can get to hopefully, uh, you know, bring whatever lay, lies down at the bottom of the ocean there because we believe that we know exactly where it is. It's right. about 90 feet below the surface. And if we could bring any of that up, that just is, is more evidence. Well, and as um, you said, even even to specifically designate that as a war grave, uh, yes, you know, to, to, to prevent potentially, uh, you know, uh, people to dive on that and, and take souvenirs, that kind of thing. But to specifically yes, make absolutely. sure that that's legally protected spot. Right. Absolutely. And there was also, I mean, as far as the controversial part about them, you know, going over the border... Um, there was a presidential pardon at one point that forgave any soldiers that did that type of thing. So as far as the United States, you know, recognizing that, um, you know, more as an act of courage sure. as opposed to an act of defiance, right? Or, um, yeah. that occurred as well. So, yes, the plan is to one uh, member at least of each family 
uh, we'll be going over to England uh, to the cemetery there and uh, celebrating a memorial ceremony honoring them on November 25th of 2022, which will be the 80th anniversary of the loss of the crew in the aircraft. And, And do you plan to go to the ceremony? Yes, sir. Oh, that's going to be yeah. Uh, yeah. quite impactful, I can yeah. imagine. Emotionally, too. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Well, Michelle, we just a fascinating story. And, uh, you know, if there's new developments and as this progresses, keep us posted and maybe we'll have you back on again. Absolutely. I would absolutely love yeah. that. And I appreciate you taking the time to yeah, no. honor my great uncle Gushar and, and get the story out so that other uh, veterans organizations may hear about it or people that may want to you know, help us with the history or may have some missing pieces that we're still trying to put together. Yeah, James Lewis Gashar, American hero. And thank you, Michelle Spiz. Thank you for sharing this story with us. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Have All a right. great day. You Thanks too. You should do the same. All right, Michelle, All what, right. A, what an interesting story. Yeah. Man. It's uh, fascinating stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm sure more is going to turn up, but you imagine sending the dive team down to to find this aircraft and, and yeah. whatever's left I mean, it'll be, inside. It, Just it, interesting. Having watched some of these, uh, where I've, there have been shows on TV, documentaries, where they, they yeah, go to these right. various uh, you know uh, places where planes have crashed from World War II specifically even. Um, and a lot of times they'll just make a decision to say, we're just going to leave this as is. Right. But to get positive ID, I mean, you do want to provide some closure to make sure, uh, even though obviously at you know this late date, 80 years later, no one's doubting that these, these men weren't lost. But... Um, Still, to provide some closure and, 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 you know, put an end to that. But the story as well, though, I mean, it's such it's such a compelling story. So, yeah, really fascinating. See, and some good things can happen on Facebook, too, where people what? are connecting on those, no. those types of things as opposed Facebook, to TikTok. Good. Stuff. What are you talking about? Oh, wait, this video is on Facebook. Yes, anyway, so. <laughs> see, good things can see, happen well, on that's a that's a matter of debate. Uh, <laughs> our two-cent history lesson yes. for today, printed up by my home printer, but soon to be printed up on our new Gigo printer. Are you going to start printing I'm, it up here? I'm going to send it to you, and you're going to print it before I even arrive. Uh, That's the plan. Okay. That's what my wife said. Yeah. That's what she said. Dan's PC Solutions helping us out with uh, recommending our printer here in the Gigo headquarters. You know, he does more than just recommend printers. Yes, he does. I mean, he did recommend our Gigo printer, and that was great. Personal service. Yeah, of course. Unlike the big box stores. No. Things you need or don't need, they'll uh, they'll recognize that and point you in the right direction. If you go into the big box stores and talk to the freak squad, well, they're not called the freak squad, but... The nerd herd. The nerd herd. I like that better. From yeah, Chuck. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah, exactly. The nerd herd. You go talk to the nerd herd, and yeah, you might get some expertise. You might, but are you going to get that personal service? You're going to get that friendly service. You, you might gonna, get a. Huh? Are they going to? Yeah. Are they going to take the time? It's going to be like next. You know. Um, or are they going to direct you? Aisle four. Buy a new one. Get out of here, kid. Hit the road. Uh, right. No, you're not going to get that at Dan's PC Solutions. Dan and Amber McMillan, husband wife team, providing IT and computer services and support for residents and small businesses in Livingston County for more than 10 years. And, of course, uh, support for your average home user, small businesses, and uh, if you have a question about maybe the type of PC you want to get or the type of printer, they're the place to go. They are there to help. Stop in, see Dan and Amber, Dan's PC Solutions, located in the former Livingston County Airport building on Grand River in Howell. They're open Monday through Friday, 9-3-517-579-0975. Or just go online, Dan's PC Solutions. Today is May 25th, our two-cent history lesson. All right. Brown Baggett Day. Mm. 
When did you first start brown bagging it for lunch at school? Sixth grade. Didn't want to be made fun of with your I, lunchbox, but now as we're adults, I, we have a collection of lunchboxes. This is so true. It was like, no, I don't want to, don't want to bring a lunchbox. People will make fun of me. And I remember at the end of fifth grade, like the last few days of fifth grade, they're like, by the way, don't forget, you can't bring a lunchbox when you go to sixth grade. Oh, gosh, no. No, you don't do that. I didn't bring my voyage to the bottom of the sea lunchbox. <laughs> I didn't bring my peanuts lunchbox. Nope. I came, no. sixth grade, I showed up, those I was things. brown bagging it. Yeah. yeah. It's brown bag it day. Okay. Missing Children's Day, National Wine Day, okay. which for some yeah. is every day. Looking at you, Brooke. <laughs> Mom's for liberty. She's brown bag in the wine bottle. And it's Towel Day. Right. We celebrate the towel. Sometimes you throw <laughs> the, it in. The towel? The towel day. The towel? Yeah, sure. The towel well, has its own day? Sure it does. <laughs> Why would it not? What are you going to do? Run around the house What's naked until you dry? What's that? Doorknob day? I mean, sure. We're just randomly handing out days to various items? Look. <laughs> the towel is a very poor, important piece oh, of our okay. daily sure, lives. Sure. Is it or is it? I'm not saying it's up, but so is a doorknob. Well, do we celebrate doorknob day? Not today. I'm going to check. Is there, there a There probably is a there doorknob day. Is. You're right. I'm Turn it. <laughs> Lock it. Turn that door. <laughs> What's dirty, behind door number one? You Ooh, dirty lady boy, to you. The first book on golf was published on this day in 1895. Okay. First book on golf. <laughs> was it by Dorf? No, that was a little bit later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there is National Doorknob Day. Of course there is. Okay. When should we expect that? I think it's November. Oh, no, September 16th. See, we've got time. Buy new doorknobs. Day for everything. Amelia Earhart, 1928, became the first woman to fly across the Atlantic Ocean. In 1945, author Arthur C. Clarke. That's easy to say. Author Arthur C. Clarke. Well, famous science fiction writer. Yes, he proposed the idea of positioning relay satellites in geosynchronous orbit. Yeah. All that in one sentence from a guy like me. This is 15 Which, years before, roughly 15 years yeah. before the first one went up. So, But uh, it was the uh, foundation for our modern satellite systems. Yeah. They're watching, They're watching us. us. Where's the it, aluminum foil? <laughs> well, we're in the basement. I can't see. Oh, it, we're it, good. It'd have to be in a pretty low orbit <laughs> to get us down here in the basement. <laughs> or that's a hell of a satellite. Oh, yeah, it is. I know. Nice satellite. <laughs> St. Louis's Gateway Arch was dedicated on this day in 1968. Yeah. I've been up in the Gateway Arch. How'd you like that? Kind of cramped. <laughs> they put you in these little cars and they remind you of, um, it's like a, it's Is it like, like Space it's Mountain? It's like a carnival ride. Yeah, kind of like Space You Mountain. get in there and, you're kind of, and it kind of rocks back and forth and you're like, okay. And they Am cram I at the top of the like, arch yet? They cram you in there with like five other people. Was it a fast people. ride going down the other no, side? No, it's, it's, you know, it goes, no. a, it, you know. Nice and slow. It doesn't go really fast. Although you could probably sell tickets and then speed that thing up, make it a ride. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so. And then when you get up there into the viewing thing at the very top of the arch, you're like, oh, this is going to, and the view is spectacular. Like, hey, of that's St. Louis. But here's the thing. You, you get up there and you go, yep. Yeah. All right, let's go down. <laughs> yeah, seen it. That's St. Louis, all right. Kind of like being on a monorail at uh you know, it's interesting, a, but an enter, entertainment amusement you, you, park. you linger a little bit longer than you really want to because you feel like, well, I took all this time to get up here. I guess you should stay. You got to hang I out should for stay a while. for a couple of minutes. It's kind of like least. going to the Grand Canyon and you look around and you go, yeah. yep, that's Canyon. That, that's uh, it's a pretty yeah. big one. 
It's grand, actually. <laughs> Very grand. All right, let's go. That's what my wife and I did. <laughs> we went to the Grand Canyon. We were there for like five minutes. Let's go to Bob Evans for, <laughs> for breakfast. <laughs> Daredevil Daniel Goodwin. 1981, wearing a Spider-Man costume, and who wouldn't, as you scale the outside of the Chicago Sears mm. Tower in seven and a half hours. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. I wonder if he had the theme going through his head. He had to does whatever a spider He had can. to have. Yeah. That would have been what would have inspired you. Sure, the spider sense was tingling. Spider-Man. What if he was singing it to himself? whatever a spider can. Spider For seven and a half hours. Yeah, yeah, Spider-Man. If I should have been Superman, I could have just flew to the top. <laughs> I should have been Superman, damn it. <laughs> or Batman. Yeah. Using the rope, you could walk up the side of the building, <laughs> talk to Robin on your way up. Come on, chum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry, Batman. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I've got a sandwich here in my utility belt. You can hear anything. You know, it was always amazing belt. on Batman how he had exactly just what they needed in the utility belt. Yeah. Like, wasn't that a tiger call last week, and now it's a Now it's mace. Know, right. What what is that? Good thing I've got this yeah. right here. Did you ever want a bad utility? <laughs> I well, wanted yeah. a Batman utility. Hell belt. yeah! Now, and then it became a fanny fanny pack, and it just mm. kind of lost its. Limit. I did want, and I did eventually get the Star Trek thing. I had a phaser. It was a belt. Had a phaser and a tricorder. You were cool. It was well. <laughs> <laughs> He's taken, ladies. The belt didn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> Did it sag? So or it was too tight. It was too tight. It was too tight, and I'm like, well, you need so then I tried to cord. then I tried to slide it out of my regular belt, but the loops didn't quite. So I had to cut it, and then I broke it. And I'm like, man. Anyway, huh. dang Kirk. <laughs> 1990. You know, they never had an overweight member on Star Trek. <laughs> they really should. They, oh, sure, they represented everyone else, but did they have a fat one? No. Well, he did, but he was wearing red. <laughs> I would have been fine wearing the red. Again, in one episode, you know you're going to die, but okay. Singer Lou Graham quit Foreigner on the state in 1990 to start a solo career. Hmm. Well, he had Midnight Blue, but that was Singing before 1990. So it was oh, Midnight Blue was like 88, yeah. Yeah, so he, he did the solo thing first. It went pretty well for a little bit, yeah. and then it didn't. And I know they got back together, Yeah, yeah you know. 1992, Jay Leno became the new host of The Tonight Show following Johnny Carson's 30-year mm -hmm. run. Mm -hmm. He and David Letterman were in the running for it. Right. To this day. I think it worked out okay. It worked me. out okay, but I mean, I, you I were hoping prefer for Letterman. Letterman would have the, been the, Letterman was the one that Carson wanted to replace him. Nobody cared what Johnny wanted I after guess not. 30 years. You know I what Johnny not. wants? Johnny doesn't always <laughs> No, I Johnny. guess he didn't. Johnny was leaving. They said, we don't care anymore. Yeah, Thanks for your 30-some years. Get the hell out of here. And take yeah. McMahon with you. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't quite happen, did it? Although they left Doc Severs. <laughs> Doc was like, hey, where did... What happened to Ed McMahon? They just he was ringing people's <laughs> doorbells, giving away money. <laughs> and finally, 1995, the earliest known recording of Mick Jagger and Keith Richards from 1961. Wow. Sold at auction at Christie's for $90,000. What did that sound like? Probably like Nebula, John's band. <laughs> He's hoping to get, well, maybe close to nine bucks for their recording. Yeah. Do you have those lost Nebula tapes? No. Who well, the band, you and the guys? Know, I... Right, that's your two-cent history lesson. Look. Firehouse Doors, one of our OGs, or the OG they here really at Mike are. and John Got It Going On. They really are the Located OG. in Livingston County, serving residents for the past 24 years, family-owned and operated, striving to treat each customer like family. Veteran-owned. Mike, what are you looking up now? Nebula. <laughs> 
I have you that, might break I, the I have that. that. I have that clip somewhere. <clears throat> no, we don't worry about it. Yeah, you do. Mike Witt serving in the U.S. Air Force and deployed for operations uh, Desert Shield and Desert Storm. Firehouse Doors, your one-stop shop for residential, commercial, and rolling overhead doors for the past 21 years. 21 out of the 24 Firehouse Doors has been Livingston County's only authorized CHI overhead doors. Uh, authorized dealer for yeah. CHI overhead doors. Call today, 810-599-7480. It's time for the drawing. It's Wednesday. Yeah, it is. Go get the so drawing bin. you almost bin. forgot, didn't you? No. I was waiting for you to remember. That could take a long time, <laughs> but I managed to Somebody's got to remember. Rain like a steel trap. Yeah, you did, right. you. Oh, there's a lot of entries in here. Yeah, we do. We, we get a pretty good uh, clip of them. You're using a lot of our printer ink. Yeah. Hey, people. Yeah. Stop using Gigo ink. <laughs> All right. What's our winner going to get, John? Well, they are going to get a Tell free... Tell Johnny. <laughs> well... I mean, Ed. Hello. Oh. <laughs> well, hold on. Let me take let me take a drink of my coffee. <laughs> coffee. Yes. By the way, here's some Alpo in the worst Ed McMahon impression ever. Anyway, uh, yes, they're going to win a free inspection of their garage door, up to two garage doors and openers. 12-point inspection. Mike Witt will come out and make that inspection, and it is without uh, any strings attached. He will give you an honest assessment of your garage door needs, if there are any. And uh, as well, if you're the winner, you get a free TPC card. That's 10%. You get 10% off all future garage door purchases or needs. And the winner is Destiny Rankin. Congratulations, Destiny Rankin. It was Destiny, it was. Yes, it was her destiny to win. We assume Destiny is a female. Oh, you're one That's of those. You I'm, just, I'm just, you just You just go ahead and make an assumption. I, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I'm I sorry. wouldn't do that. Well, destiny Rankin, today's winner. Congratulations. Each weekly winner will get that 10% off. All future garage door needs for life. Yeah. That TPC card time. that John yeah. was talking about. So Yo, TPC. <laughs> That's going to do it for today. Coming up tomorrow, The Less You Know with Rich Pearlberg. We'll also talk to another Livingston County area Howell teacher mm. as we celebrate National Teacher Month. Yeah. I think I know who it's going to be, but I'm not going to say right now. It's top secret. Do you know? I don't know. Sometimes things change on the fly around here. What are you here. talking about? <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us. Kitty and Cougar taking us out. Uh, oh, yeah. Remember? Not Nebula. I'm looking up Nebula. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe Kitty and Cougar could do Maybe Nebula could, Maybe they... could take us out. Oh, somebody wanted to take them out, that's yeah. for sure. With the garbage. Somebody was busy doing something that they weren't supposed to be doing well, online, checking their search like, history. I, 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 <laughs> oh, I deleted that, trust me. Every day. <laughs> you know. Because of show prep well, stuff. Yeah, of course. Yes. All right. Well, you're typing Kitty and Cougar. <laughs> yeah, we do. I just realized Katie Holmes follows us. How about that? Are you impressed? <laughs>